Once I got work. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Superflex Pod. I'm Two Drink. It's another great week. Start to the week. We're getting closer to something. What's up, Swags? What's up? You called us You didn't even get the name of the show right. I got like, it by the tag. It's close you, you came in hot. at Superflex Pod. <laughs> that's that's where people are gonna find it on the Twitter. It is a Monday. We are here with John Bosch. Um, You've seen him around a lot, doing a lot of his eliminators and stuff. Raising money like you do every year. Um, Killed it. You know him from Dynasty Wall Street, Dynasty Game Night. Um, Sure, I'm going to miss something, John. Um, Come in and how how the hell are you? Thanks for being here. I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for all you do, man. I mean, you absolutely killed it. Like, and you're still going, still setting up leagues. I I saw you out there. You're trying to fill one now. You have a few spots. That looks very interesting. So um, you could tell us a little about that. I want to hear. I also saw, um, I'm not in any of your leagues, but I did see you post um, that you posted your COVID plan in all of your leagues. I'm interested to hear about that. Okay, um, so the well, I guess we can start with the Battle Royale. Uh, that's the one that I'm filling up right now. This is an idea basically from Jason Tran, uh, where he said, I kind of want to design a fantasy football league to be something like Fortnite, where a bunch of people come in and one person ends up the winner. Uh, we settled on a 64-team bracket just because that was pretty easy. So it's six weeks of, ma- of one-on-one matchups. If you win your matchup, you get to walk away from that matchup with anybody from your team, anybody from the other team's team that you defeated, and you get all their blind bids so that anybody that gets sent back to the waivers, if they aren't you know, stolen from whoever beat them, uh, then you can bid on them and pick them up too. So it ends up, it's a, it's a, you, you start eight players, you only roster 12, and it starts with an auction. It's four copies. <laughs> so, uh, Starts out with a with a pretty fun event, and then every week it's it's a battle. And if you if you win, you advance. And every week the rosters just get better and better and better and better until week six. There's going to be a head to head matchup of two pretty elite teams. It's yeah. it's tough. It's tough to make it through. You essentially pick up their weapons as you defeat them, like you would in Fortnite. Exactly. And when they def- when you defeat them, their weapons all fall out on the ground. Uh, you you just grab it all, grab whatever you want, drop whatever you want from yours, or um, open up a spot. Then you move on, and then anything that's Jesus, left laying that's there. That's amazing. And and so and how many spots do you have left? How much does this cost if if it's uh, not full before this come out? I think there's like ten spots left, and uh, let's see. I think the cost was twenty seven dollars, twenty seven or twenty eight bucks. Yeah, I and, think. and most importantly, yeah. it's charity. Yeah, a lot of it goes to charity. Um, It'll end up raising over four hundred dollars to go to the Fantasy Cares Toy Drive. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Is this it, we, the we did, second we, year you've done it? Yeah, yeah, we did one last year, and uh, it was pretty exciting. <laughs> it, did, and it, I mean, it's hard. It, it's really, really hard to win. I'm not going to lie to anybody out there and say, "Oh, this is easy. Jump in, and you know, you have a good shot to win." Right. You have a small chance to win. It's difficult. Uh, I mean, each week ends up being kind of like a little DFS battle. But there's yeah. also some strategy involving like 
who, who's on the other team's roster because eventually you get to the point where you have shared players. And so you have to take a chance on who you end up leaving on your bench, who you start, how you, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of thinking involved <laughs> once it comes down to how you set up your roster and stuff. Yeah. How are, how are guys ranked to start that off? It's a bunch of one V ones, but if you're doing like a 64 man tournament, I know you said Fortnite, but it just makes me think of March madness too. Yeah. It, know, it's got some down. components so, of that. Yeah. So how do you get a one versus 16 rank? Uh, it's randomized. The The okay. first round matchup is randomized. Um, basically, I just like the bracket is set up one down the 64 and then you you slot it in. So, I mean, the, the first round is randomized, which okay. then in turn makes every round actually somewhat randomized. But the second round, you know who you're going to fight. Uh, like you can watch their week one battle. Yeah. So you can you know who you will face, what winner you will face if you win in advance, and you know that you can tell that all the way down in the bracket system. That's just sure. the easiest way to set it up on MFL. It'd be really awesome if you could make it so that like you just face whoever you randomly come across first. But no possible <laughs> no possible way to match that up uh, with the game. So we had to take some liberties. And maybe not actually playing in the tournament, but even just setting it up. Is there anything you learned from year one that you wanted to, you know, try and make it different in year two? Or um, you're like, that's perfect. Let's roll again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think we kind of nailed it. Um, nice. It was. Uh, I don't think I really changed. I don't think I changed any of the rules. Um, there were some little things like with the auction that we changed how it'll how it'll set up uh, stuff that just it'll be easier for me to manage as uh, okay. as the commissioner last year. I did not have a time limit on reporting illegal nominations. Uh, you can only nominate one player a day for the first, um, maybe, I don't know, five or six days. I would have to reread the bylaws, but like there's a time, there's a, a number of days you can only nominate one player. And then after that, you can nominate two players. Mm-hmm. But of course, some people don't read the rules. They like to nominate a whole bunch of people early that gets you fined and you lose some of your auction money. Uh, but it got to the Ooh. point last year where people were reporting it like 12 hours after it happened. And I, I finally, this year I said, you got, you got an hour. Like I don't, I don't care if somebody makes an illegal bid, that's fine. Um, if you report it in an hour, they'll get fined and I'll take care of it. If it's after an hour, like don't even bother. Cause at that point, the butterfly effect is so, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so hard to, hard to fix. So you got an hour. So I did change that. That was, that was the one thing that I made sure I instituted uh, for this year. Yeah. I like it. I'm signing up now. <laughs> so do you uh, – I'm going to go back and backtrack just a little bit to the Eliminators that Swagman mentioned earlier, and you you run all of those. I know you've had a lot more help or, or this year. It seems like you have. Um, yes. Big shout-out to Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher, uh, Matt Price, and Alan Hepworth. Like, I, I couldn't have done what I did this year without their help. It would not have been this big. So you end up doing more eliminators than normal, just just because you had the help, and it seemed like community really kind of maybe more so got together this year. Did you end up running more total eliminators this year, or how? That yeah, going? definitely more total. It, it's grown every single year. Um, and this year, it this year it it didn't just grow in the number of leagues; it grew in the speed in which the leagues filled. Um, I mean, they as soon as I posted them, I I couldn't keep up. <laughs> just they were filled so fast because everybody was so ready for them. Everybody knew they were kind of coming in June. Uh, so I didn't even have to really like do a lot of advertising this year. You know, in the past I've done a lot of tweeting. I've gone on a lot of podcasts to talk about them this year. I put up the link and it was just flooded. I think that I think day one, like I, I wanted mm-hmm. to have, um, I think my goal was to have 
uh, like 125 I'd set out to do this year. And I, I think in day one, we had enough to fill like 40% already. Like it, <laughs> wow. it was, it was something, it was something absurd. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do with this. I can't, I, I can't do this. <laughs> and so luckily I had some guys uh, pitch in and help out. That was, that was quite nice of them. That's awesome to see, see that happen. And I'm not saying it helped, but I think next year, just keep telling Scott to not say that he's going to do satellites, even though he's going to <laughs> let, let you get your eliminators filled and then let him bring the satellites back. In. Oh, I don't think, I don't think we'll have a problem with that either. Cause the satellites we set up this d- different this year too. This year it's uh last year you could play in like a bunch of satellites and just keep yeah. playing and playing and playing in them this year. It's just one tournament. Uh, so you only get one entry into the satellite tournament either. And this year it actually does have, if you win it, I believe you advanced to next year's SFB 11. Awesome. That's so, sweet. yeah, a little bit different setup to the satellites this year. That's, and that also seems to have worked out because uh, people seem to jump in those and have a lot of fun with them as well, which is awesome. It's great to see SFB grow. That, that's that got to be so much work too, just even for that couple weeks, just for you even. And, not, and I know so many other people are involved and I don't want to take away from that, but for, I see you around like from jumping into my DMs to somebody else's to all the league chats and just making sure everything continues to run smoothly through all of those leagues you set up. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, I think we went like, I don't know, I think it was 150 or something this year we ended up doing. And I, I do try to scan some of the DMs. Uh, there's some that I... I eventually, I mean, I just can't keep up once it gets to a certain point, but I do try. And, uh, sometimes people will say, Hey, you need to check that DM. There's a question. And then I, that's nice when somebody lets me know. Cause then it looks like I'm keeping up with everything. Somebody else is actually, <laughs> somebody else is just giving me a heads up. It makes it, makes it look like I can keep up with everything, but I definitely cannot keep up with all those DMS. They go, they go absolutely nuts in June, which is fun. I mean, that's, that's honestly part of the fun. It's probably, probably more of the fun people get than the actually watching their team, which by September is going to probably look terrible. Uh, but what's really fun then during the season too, something will happen. Uh, you know, people get eliminated and every week on like Tuesday, you see some of the DMS just start popping up with like, Oh crap. I can't believe I got eliminated. Uh, and then, it, but it really, really, <laughs> it gets a lot of them get really active like around week 15, <laughs> right. When people are getting real close to making it all of a sudden you start seeing the, the DMs for the eliminators start to get a little bit more active as it's coming down to the close, which is always fun to see. I mean, there's some, there's some chats that they go year round like those, <laughs> their eliminator DMs. It's, those are amazing ones. I, I can't believe that people were able to keep up with the best ball league chat like that, but they do and they have fun with it, which is awesome to see. And say, I think I still have one from last year that occasionally <laughs> some guys will just go in there and just, just talk a little bit or just yeah. throw some ideas off. And I'm like, all right, I'm not in a league with you at all, but you know what I mean? I follow you, so I have a little little secret secret group here where I can drop some information and see if somebody likes to trade or just – it's always nice to get some new information. So, yeah, I think I have – maybe it's my Izzy one from last year or something like that. So there's a, there's a couple of those that still float around, and every now and then I see it pop to the top of my notifications. You know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, let's jump in here real quick. It's fun, and usually the people that play in those are degenerates to the point where, like, if you ask an opinion – uh, they're going to want to give you theirs and they're going to want to talk about it. And right. you're, 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 you're going to get some feedback uh, about a fantasy football, whether it's a trade or, you know, just what do you think of this guy in general? And I mean, that, that is, you do see that constantly throughout these, all these eliminator chats. It's just, it's fun to watch. It's a, it's a fun little part of it that 
I wasn't sure if I, how it would go over when I first set out to do these. And then I think it ended up people like love those more than the leagues themselves. <laughs> Cause they, the, I mean, the chat that you get for 10 bucks, you get this, right. you get the, you get, you get a lot of entertainment out of them usually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and some point. of the quote unquote celebrities are, are stay hmm. very, stay very involved too throughout, even once it's going on, like you said, like the, the chat's pretty much what you get out of it. Once you draft, you're not really doing anything else with those teams. So it's nice just to have that little connection with those guys. It's yep. funny. I think I, I was in three this year, and there's at least two guys in all the same three of me yeah. as them. So I'm like, all right, this isn't as secret as I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are definitely some people that play extremely high volume uh, of the Eliminators at this point. Like I, I know, I know them, and I'm like, all right, I got to make sure I don't put them in the same league twice because they'll tell me just put me in like 40 leagues, and I'm like, okay, right, exactly. <laughs> like that's uh, yeah. There's some people really get into it, which is awesome. I mean, and I, I understand that. I the first couple years I did this, I played in a ton of them. I didn't get to play in as many of them this year because I was super busy trying to get them going. Uh, but the For ones sure. that I, the ones I did get to end up playing, and like I have fun playing, and I'm there. They're fun. Definitely. That's a, a, and honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but I, I probably could have just left it that way. Uh, I feel like the Eliminators are the start of, of the redraft. I know a lot of people think it's Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> but I usually have my Eliminators done by the time Scott Fishbowl comes. Hopefully, hopefully right. everybody does. But yeah, you know I mean, that's my that's first the goal. That, right, that's the goal. <laughs> that's my first like intro to redraft for, for this next coming year is usually the Eliminators that I do. And just, although I don't know that it helps with your normal like 12 team super flex, you know, kind of. Because it's seventeen teams, so it definitely throws a little wrench in there. But it is that that is my official start, and then I'm, I know Scott Fishbowl is right around the corner, so it's always nice. It makes you think, uh, and it, it's it is kind of set up that way intentionally <laughs> to be a nice little appetizer for the main mm -hmm. event of SFB. That's that's by design for sure. Um, but what it does, while it doesn't help you figure out like, oh, this guy might go in the third round of my draft or something like that. Uh, what it does is it helps you kind of start thinking about positional differences. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not, I'm sorry, not positional differences, differences within a position. That's what it does for me a lot. June is when I really start to think redraft wise of, okay, which running back do I like better right now? Um, do I want Le'Veon Bell or do I want David Montgomery? You, you know, once you start doing that in June, <laughs> those guys, you start to think about it a little bit more. And I have found myself extremely prepared come redraft season basically because of that so it does not help trying to figure out like adp for redraft anything like that but i have found it beneficial just uh the, the differences within a position group at least all right so you don't get it out that easy since you brought him up love bell or david david montgomery this year. <laughs> uh, for this year uh yeah. love bell i mean i okay. i don't particularly you know want to invest heavily in either of them in dynasty okay but i will invest in both of them um and I have, but redraft wise, I, I would probably take Lev Bell. I think he's got one more year and then where he can be a, a nice solid producer. Fair. Uh, Dynasty, I would probably go David Montgomery just because I think 2020 can be similar for each of them. And obviously Montgomery's got way more potential upside for the future. So you feel safer about Bell this year? Yeah, for, for this year. Yeah, I do. I mean, just because I don't think the Jets have a lot to work with. So I think Lev Bell gets a good amount of work this year. Love him in PPR. The O-line be a little bit better. O-line can't be as bad since they addressed it. So I hear you. No place to go but up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. 
All right, so kind of coming back to uh, Swag saying you put your, your commissioner note for all your MFL leagues about what you're going to do for COVID. Can you explain that a little bit to us? Do you, is, there, is there parts of that that you took from other people or, or discussed on and, and came up with this plan? Sure. Um, so I, I have discussed this a decent amount. Uh, there's I do a little chat with some other commissioners around, uh, you know, McDowell, Scott, Matt, Price, Nathan Powell. Like, I mean, we, we've been talking about this for a little bit uh, mm-hmm. because obviously it's something that weighs on our minds heavily because we have to figure out what in the world to do with our leagues. Um, and we actually do have a we're, – we're going to get together and do a roundtable for Commission Impossible. Yeah, so that's all Coming out shortly, and I'm, I'm sure I will learn even more <laughs> from that discussion. I'm looking forward to that discussion. Mm-hmm. I recommend every commissioner out there and owner uh, to listen to it because – I'm sure we are going to throw around a lot of ideas. I wanted to have kind of a baseline setup for my leagues. Each of my leagues is different. <laughs> I realized that. <laughs> uh, and so I, I told my wife the other day, I was like, I've, I've got to make up, you know, I've got to put out like my plan for what in the world I'm going to do with this 2020 NFL season so that we can be prepared in case there isn't a season, in case there's part of a season. And she's like, can't you just do one plan for all your leagues? And I was like, you know, that would be a really good idea. Um, <laughs> Where were you five years ago? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe this running a bunch of different leagues that are all unique was not such a good idea. Uh, but most of them ended up being like, I just had to change little things to customize it for the league. So every one of my plans is different. I don't have one plan that matches every single one of my leagues. It's horrible. Uh, but the biggest things that I came up with what you have to do are figuring out what you do with the prize money. That's going to be important. <laughs> um, sure. What you do with the roster size and injured reserve, what you do, the, the biggest, the, the absolute biggest one is if it's a dynasty league, what do you do for next year? How are we going to determine the order if you don't have a season in 2020? Mine, I'm, I'm lucky with my salary cap leagues because those ones are, there's no like draft order. There's one that I have draft picks in, uh, but it's only one round and it's not, that's not a huge part. It is a part of the league, but it's not the hugest. The hugest part is the fact that you have open cap space. But of course, cap space is determined by how many players are coming off of their contracts. If we don't have a 2020 season or a partial 2020 season, like that was my biggest question for those ones. What do we do with the salary cap years? Like, mm. does everybody get decreased by a year? Does everybody just not decrease by a year and we just play it out? Neither of those is fair. <laughs> <laughs> like right. it, it sucks both ways. Uh, so those ones are going to end up being a lot of work on me if we have a partial season or no season, because what I decided to do is just say, you get to decide for yourself. If you want the player's year to count, that's fine. It'll count. If you don't, then, uh, then that player will carry over a year. Um, hmm. So, I mean, that's, it's not ideal because I will literally have to go and individualize every single person's roster if they want to decrease this player, but not this player, but this player, but not this player. So it's not perfect. Um, but there's no way to justify like saying everybody is losing a year off their contract if we didn't play a year. Because some people have set up their rosters to make it so that, you know, all their guys are hitting at once. And yeah. there's no way to say, well, nobody's losing a year because some people are counting on a veteran contract to fall off. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of a mess, but. I mean, that's what we're looking at for the 2021 determination. Like, there's there's no good way. Um, for my leagues that include auctions, those are also a little bit easier than straight draft pick leagues. 
my auction leagues all use draft picks to mark like an auction budget for the next year. So like if you get the if you're the last team in the league, your first round pick is the 101. You don't get the 101, but you get an amount of auction dollars that's more than any other pick out there. Yeah. So for those, what I did um, is basically I said anybody that's been eliminated from contention, everybody's first round pick is worth the same. Like if say there's seven teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention of the 14 teams that are in the league. Then I will add up the 101 through the 107, what those values are, divide it by seven and get the average. And everybody hmm. that's got, got a first round pick gets that. So, hmm. and same, and then obviously same for the playoff contenders. Uh, it, and this is if it's canceled in season. I don't think there's any, again, there's no fair way. So for me, it's just giving everybody a flat rate based on where they are when the season ends. I mean, I've seen a lot of complicated stuff about trying to wait how much somebody would get and stuff like that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and I'm open to it. Like if people in my leagues want to come up with a formula and they want to do all the math, that's that's kind of fine. Nobody has stepped up and said they want to do that yet. Um, <laughs> so uh, so mine will just be basically if you've been eliminated, you're getting because, you know, if there's seven weeks left in the NFL season, I don't know who's going to end up as the 101. I don't know who's going to end up as the 107. But I know the seven teams that when it ended, I know which seven teams had to be somewhere in that mix. So we just, you know, it's, it's not great, <laughs> um, but it is what it is. And, you know, I think everybody in my leagues at least understands, like we're pretty much playing these leagues for fun. So arguing over, well, my one Oh, my, my first round pick was going to be worth more because my team was worse than this other team. I don't see that happening in my leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you playing the same, um, like tiebreakers you would for like getting into the playoffs for, for maybe technically being out of the playoffs if the season would stop short. So, <laughs> so that seven, eight spot there, is it, you know, all points or what are you, what are you doing there at that? Cause I could see, Hey, we were both three and four, dude. Like, you know what I mean? There could be four of us at three and four come week seven. So that's another problem that I ended up <laughs> running into uh, because I don't just base my playoffs on records. Like that's not, um, yeah. So that last spot goes to most points not in or something like that. Do you, you still yeah. doing that the same way the the opposite or? I usually actually go every other. Like the one seed for me is the best record. The two seed is the highest points that's not already in. Then the three seed is the best record not yet in. Then the four seed is highest points not yet in. So okay. I actually stagger. Um, so as soon as I posted all you know these to all fourteen of my leagues that I had to send it to the other day, then I after I don't know. I was talking with somebody about them and I was like, oh crap, I don't determine based just on records. So in the, in with points four, you're technically never eliminated. So this doesn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I immediately had to go and put an addendum and just said record based. Like this is, this is only record based. Like I can't tell you that I can't tell who's eliminated based off of points because somebody could have a 500 point week. I mean, they're not going to, but you know, somebody could, right. So I can't, I, there's no, there's, there's no black and white area. That's a gray. So I can't work in there, that area. So I did have to say, this is just record based. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I don't want to have to deal with all of it, but I at least have a, a little bit of a game plan if I do have to, it's, I, I don't, have you guys been in other leagues where you've seen anything that you guys have, uh, come across yet? Um, a little bit. I mean, there's, there's definitely talk about it and I mean, I've been thinking about it, so I, I don't know. That's, 
I, I've been waiting for you, John, right. and, and and definitely <laughs> going to tune into that. Table, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think one nice thing about it, and with COVID, is everybody's aware of it, and everybody knows that there's risk to this season. Yeah, and then you you add into the the charitable element of a lot of the mo- all of the leagues you deal with. I'm assuming, and and most of them that we're all a part of at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think that the nice thing is is that you know a lot of that money still going to charity. I I would assume <laughs> that a lot of people would be willing to even just like kick it forward either to a, another charity. I don't know. Like if there's no season, it's not like I'm gonna come to you and want my eliminator money back. You know what I mean? <laughs> the eliminators like, have that. The eliminators had it written in that if the season is canceled, the fifty dollar winning prize is immediately getting donated to go pantry. Right. Like that's, yeah, that so. is in those bylaws this Perfect. year. I was ready for that one. But I feel um, like that that's kind of how of my it would come around not. to even a lot <laughs> yeah. of it, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know. That's uh, so that leads to the, the prize money, which I did address in all of all of my leagues because of the charitable aspect. I said, I can't simply say, everybody just gets their money back or everybody just gets their 2021 season paid for. Right. The only way I can do that is if I say, uh, if we take the donations back. (laughs) Um, So there's no fair way to even do that, which sucks. Cause cause I mean, I even said like in my write up to my leagues, I'm not taking money back from the charities. If anything, we're going to give more. And a lot of, in in a lot of cases uh, I did write it in for the prize payouts that we were going to give more money to charities. If there's yeah. no 2020 season, um, we're in a bad spot. Like in a few weeks, we are in a bad, bad spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful there's at least some of a season. I, I think the season probably gets played because the NFL has a lot of money to lose mm-hmm. if it doesn't. So if it doesn't happen or it gets cut, I mean, we are we are in a bad spot and nobody's going to carry about the nobody's going to care about their $20 entry fee. You're right. But what I did, what I did in most of mine was I figured out an amount, you know, say, say it is a, I think there was one that worked out real easy. It was like a $40 buy-in league and a good, a good amount of it already has gone to charity. There's some money that'll go to like progressive pots, which I have those in every one of my leagues too, which again, makes it difficult to just say everybody gets their money back. uh, Especially if there's some sort of a partial season. What I did was just determine that, like the the progressive pots will still grow. Nobody will claim them. You know, there's no way to determine a champion. So there's no way to pay out that pot. So usually that's only five or 10 bucks going to it a year. So that'll still go up. But what I did was in most leagues, I tried to give it so that like half of our entry fee goes towards next year. And then whatever mm-hmm. that works out to, you know, say, say there was enough to give every single owner $25 back, but it was a $40 buy-in and it's a 14 team league. I said 70s going to, you know, the food bank, uh, go pantry mm-hmm. and everybody's getting $20 off of next year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, again, it's not ideal. You're paying for something that you didn't really get the finishing product, but we get way more out of this than just, you know, a champion. We, at least yeah. if you're playing all, all year round, you've probably already done a draft and auction. You've probably already had trade activity. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot more that goes in uh, the leagues that we play in these dynasty leagues than just, the final payout at the end of the year. So that's kind of yeah. why I felt okay saying like, you're not getting the full experience of the league in 2020, but you're getting some of the experience. So like, you know, you pay a little bit and literally nobody pushed back because nobody yeah. cares. I mean, if, if it comes to that, getting $20 back, 
are getting $40 back, nobody's going to care. And they're everybody in my league seemed pretty on board with like, yes, let's, let's just give some more of yeah, it. If we're at that awesome. point, we're in a, we're in a bad spot as a country. So let's, let's try and help. Yep. Absolutely. So that was, uh, that was prize money and the, oh, we didn't do future picks if it's just a straight up draft. Yeah. That's literally the worst. Uh, one, <laughs> that's the worst way to do a league, like do auctions. This is another argument for why auctions are just a bazillion times better than draft pick based leagues, but there's a lot more draft pick based leagues. Um, for me, there's no way to determine them. What I plan to do is, again, I'm just going to randomize. I, I, I hate mm. random things. That's why I hate a startup draft instead of a startup auction because somebody's getting an advantage based off of something random. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will do if there's a partial season is the teams that have been eliminated will be placed in one pool, and then the teams that have not been eliminated from context- contention will be placed in the other. And then I'll just randomize each group probably using i think it's 100yard-com yeah <laughs> 100yard. 100yard-.com uh that Scott uses all the time for fun things hell at least we're going to have a little bit of fun yeah. <laughs> Watch, watching a digital race to find out our draft pick fates but you know say six teams are eliminated if the season gets canceled and the other eight are active still and have a chance then you have a one in six chance at getting the 101 and uh if you're one of the eight you have a one in eight chance of getting the 107, even if you were possibly the championship team. There's no way to know that, though. Mm. So, w- without being able to know it, that's kind of where I've set my dividing line in my leagues is when the season's canceled, we might not know who was going to win, but we at least knew who had a chance to win and we knew who did not have a chance to win mathematically. Yeah. Like, not like looking at a team and saying, yeah, they have no chance to win. Sure. We can we can tell who's been eliminated. So I can at least separate those groups to make it a little bit more fair. And again, there's ways to do weighted lotteries. I totally support those. Um, that's a lot of work on your commissioner. Again, if somebody in my league wants to uh, <laughs> wants to set up the weighted lottery system and show me the formula and explain why the formula is the fairest way to go, totally on board with that. Using things like uh, you know, people have used talked about using like points for all play record. Some people I have seen saying that you can use like trade calculators and figure out the value of rosters. Uh, you can use projected mm. scoring sites and things like that for, well, who might have finished the season with the highest projected score? Again, those are all great ideas and a lot of work. So yeah. I'm, I'm keeping it a little bit easier on me because I, I don't want to do that for a bunch of different leagues. That's just, a, that's a lot, but I love it. I'm hoping that if any of any of the leagues that I'm in that I'm not the commission of go that route, I, I kind of want to see it. Like I would, I I would find it exciting and fun to to see how a weighted lottery would work out. But it's uh, it's too much work for me to try and keep that in, in everything. Yeah, I don't know if it's a hundred percent yet, but I've seen Russ talking about that with trade addicts leads with a weighted lottery. But I think that's more so if there's no season and just taking like the yeah like the six teams that did make the playoffs and them being in a randomized lottery for picks one through six. And if you make mm-hmm. the playoffs, then the best you could pick is seven out of the hat. And yeah. Well, but again, I, I think that's so early on just trying to come up with a game plan. Like, like you're saying, like that's, that's a lot of work, even in uh, the eight trade addicts leagues that Russ does, that, that's still a lot of work to have to go through and do each one individually and, and split it up halfway and all that. Like you said, if it comes to this, we're we're in a lot more trouble than trying to figure out what's going on here. But we need to have it in place now, so we're not scrambling later, too. Yep, 
we don't we don't want to have to be uh, forced to figure it out after the fact. Seems we have figure the time. it out when we, we get to training camp. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds like a bad decision. So you know, <laughs> maybe if you have months of time in advance, maybe use some of that time to plan and prepare and get everybody on board. They uh, are supposed to be bringing the rookies in today for their COVID testing too. Yeah, has anybody seen if anybody's shown up for those yet? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen much other than what's supposed to happen. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, so. I'm pretty sure that I'm. I'm not positive. I don't think every single NFL player lives wherever they're supposed to be showing up. No. I mean, I, right. I, I don't know where Green. I don't know rookies. where Green Bay. Uh, I don't know where Green Bay exactly does their training camp. I'm thinking that not a lot of NFL players live in the Green Bay. No, it, <laughs> a lot of, I mean, it's a lot of their first time even going to the, yeah, the their rookies. new job, as they put it, like walking in the doors of these stadiums or wherever they're showing up to today. It's their first time even meeting with anybody. So it's, it's a completely different year. Um, I, I wanted to get somehow, I mean, yeah. normally we would have hit this a long time ago, but this has been awesome. Everything we talked about is what's important and what's going on right now. But John, who's your one hundred and one in Superflex? Uh, Superflex for a dynasty startup or for dynasty startup? Dynasty startup. Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> yep. um, so Superflex dynasty startup. Uh, I my first the the first things I will do is reach out to the one hundred and two, the one hundred and three, the one hundred and four. New cheer. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, definitely. Me, I will. me and Swags have those. We're not moving back. <laughs> you, moving back. Okay. you guys have 102 and 103. So Nobody really wants to trade with you, <laughs> sicko. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, obviously, there's a, for me, there's a tier of four. I don't care which one I get. Uh, if I am forced to make the pick, I'm going Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, I mean, he I is. I like you. He's, uh, he's going to provide me such an advantage. Granted, it's a quarterback, and even in super flex, like I usually don't invest in quarterbacks. But if I have to take take one at the one hundred and one, I want Mahomes. I mean, the points he scores pretty consistent lately, and he just got that contract, which shows he's not going anywhere. I'm not going to exactly. have exactly not going to have to deal with him threatening any kind of a holdout. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think it was like six months ago. Maybe I I did say I would take Lamar Jackson because he's like a, a few months younger. And that was it. That was literally the tiebreaker at that point because yeah. I was kind of being sarcastic that I didn't really have any tiebreaker. Uh, <laughs> Dynasty people, we always go with age. So that's always the final tiebreaker. I, I really don't care between the two. It doesn't matter. I like both of them. I'm fine with both of them. At this point, Mahomes has a tiebreaker for me that matters a little bit more. And it's the team paid the money. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Safety, you know, sure. you know, he is the. I mean, not that we were questioning it, but you know where he is the star of the show for his career. Yeah. He has, he is in, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid has a contract coming that's going to extend his career. And basically, right. those two are going to be paired and just locked in, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I, I love that pairing. So I, I he's my one on one right now. Yeah. I, I'm Belichick glad you brought Brady. up the contract too. I mean, because for me, like, I, I've, I've always been, it's either Barkley or Mahomes, and I was kind of on the Barkley side of the group. And after that contract, like that, kind of like you said about your Lamar and Mahomes, that that contract, and I'm I'm Mahomes all day. Like he's my one hundred and one now. Like sorry, Barkley. Like and I, and I know like you were 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's your 103 or 104 of that group, I'm assuming. But for me, it was Barkley or Mahomes. And I'm quarterback early and often in Superflex, um, especially Dynasty. But I, I was Barkley. I apologize to drink. I, I'm <laughs> Mahomes all day. You can't argue with me about it anymore. <laughs> I will try my best not to argue with it anymore. But, it, I mean, it still made sense in your process. You were going to get the one running back out of the way, knowing you were going to go quarterback hard and heavy for the next couple of rounds. But you still had the one stud at running back early. So I don't fault you there. It's nice to know that I can finally, you know, we always joke that, well, it's Mahomes because you're going to have him for a decade on your team. And you just kind of said it like just, you know, just kind of nonchalantly. Well, now it's true. You know what I mean? Like now you literally can, and he's not going anywhere. So it, it, the safeness and it definitely feels better there. So it's it's nice to finally have you on the dark side, even if it took you you know a couple of years. I don't yeah. know if it was the dark side. I feel I feel bright and joyful. <laughs> nice. I, 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 there's good. there are still arguments that can be made to take CMC, Saquon, or obviously Lamar Jackson yeah. one on one. Um, but I, I am definitely quarterback over running back if I have to. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know there's plenty of people that will take that early running back, and that feels great to have them on your roster too. So like that uh, it's just not how I tend to build. To be, just because, you yeah. know, whatever they do, you're, this is what you're not there. Whatever they don't do is what you're doing right there. And you're just like, okay, you guys make my decision for me. And a lot of times, yeah, you're, you're going to get I, – I think I got Barkley at 104. Yeah, you know, I think so. that's the most common. I think it, I think it usually goes Mahomes, Lamar, CMC, uh, Barkley, and unless one of the two first owners takes CMC, then one of the quarterback right. falls. Which that's always a nice little treat for whoever they fall to. Yeah, I've got a one hundred and one coming up in our uh, pure Michigan draft, and I'm I'm taking Mahomes. Not even nice. trying to trade back. Put on it this in the one. board, Michigan. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> trade my picks later. <laughs> nice. All right, sorry, if you know anything else, I got a couple of trades we can try to get to. Yeah, I'm always down for some trades. All right, so, Bosch, these are all super flexed. Uh, they are also all 12-team. Okay. I didn't see I didn't see a lot of crazy ones out there, guys. So if you guys are out there and you got some 16-team, whatever the craziness is, send it, send it our way. We'll get it on here. But the first one, um, it's just because it's me usually finding the trades, there end up – there's not a lot of like one for ones here. There's a lot of pieces going involved. So Aaron Rodgers, James Conner, and Deontay Johnson, and a 2021 third, if we just want to throw that in there. The other side is Tua, Justin Jefferson, and Mark Ingram. One more time, real quick on the one side is Aaron Rodgers, couple of Steelers, and James Conner and Deontay Johnson, and a 2021 third. Or we get to go on the young side with Tua. Justin Jefferson and throw old man Mark Ingram in there for shits and giggles. Um, yeah, I think I go with the Aaron Rodgers side. I, I obviously I would much rather have Tua, um, but I think Aaron Rodgers has enough years left. I think Deontay Johnson and Justin Jefferson can provide similar similar um, value this year. I think Jefferson okay. obviously has the longer term value, but I, I don't think I don't think 2020 is going to be a year where a lot of rookie receivers see a massive jump in value. Uh, I think okay. they might have a little bit of a challenge. I think I saw somebody tweet out today that like we are 40 days or something like that from when they would play their first game. Yeah, I saw that. And they haven't even snap. yeah, and they haven't even uh, you know like they're just now reporting or yeah. you know supposed to be reporting that's um Hasn't to me that's that's a challenge in development yeah so 
Uh, and then James Conner, again, this is, I, I do often, even though I love Dynasty, I play Dynasty with a mindset of I want to win. And James Conner helps me win this year more than Mark Ingram, I think. Um, James Conner doesn't have quite the threat. <laughs> he doesn't have a J.K. Dobbins sitting there breathing down his neck. Mark Ingram does. I think Mark Ingram's going to be okay this year. I don't think he comes close to what he was last year. I think J.K. Dobbins comes in, starts eating into that work rather quickly. He's just good. J.K. Dobbins is good. So he's they're going to have a hard time letting Mark Ingram hold him back, I think. Even though he's a rookie, uh, J.K. Dobbins is a running back. I think that position translates a lot faster, a lot easier in the NFL than wide receiver. So I will probably take the Aaron Rodgers, James Conner, Deontay Johnson, 2021 third side. I would have no problem looking to trade Deontay Johnson. I think his value right now mm-hmm. is uh, is probably as high as you're going to get for a while. Um, I think it's hitting Agreed. a peak. So I would immediately get him, and I would trade. I would probably try and trade Deontay Johnson away from away from this, and then just try and you know ride Aaron Rodgers, James Conner, and hopefully you've got other options to make up for that wide receiver in in the future. I think you can get mm-hmm. a 2021 20, first for. Uh, Deontay Johnson right now, that's probably not even crazy. Maybe you have to give up that 20, I mean, 2021 third you got to. to I would to, do that, yeah. What do we got to do here to get rid of Deontay and bring Justin Jefferson to that team still? That's what I like. I think Deontay Johnson and a 2021 third, yeah. I think that could get you Justin Jefferson. I, <laughs> so, I think that'd be, like, that'd be fun for me. Like, that's, that's I think what I would try to back up and do. Cause you got, and a lot of it for me is Aaron Rodgers versus Tua in, in mm-hmm. super flex. I'm still going to take Aaron Rodgers by a lot here. I don't like Connor as much as you. Uh, Justin Jefferson is one of my weaknesses and I, I want, and that's him. why this trade is here. And <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it's kind of, what do I have to do to get Justin Jefferson on this team? And Deontay is probably a, a good starter piece. Like you said, I mean, if you think you can only add a third, like um, I'm in on that. Man, there's some people that just love Deontay Johnson right now. Yeah. He's getting pumped up quite a bit. So I think you I think his value is at a point. I don't think it's ridiculous to think that you could add something to Deontay Johnson to get to Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That's I, fair. I don't think it'd take too much unless unless the team that initiated the trade is trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and all the old guys and maybe he wants to get younger. I don't know, but I'd say you just kinda go for it. I say if yeah. you already have a stable of quarterbacks like Stafford and I don't you know like two three guys that you feel good about does it it doesn't change your opinion at all about what trying to win now Oh that would totally to change totally change my opinion if we have if we have things like team makeup and we can determine who's a yeah. contender yeah. and who's not a contender obviously the contending roster you want Aaron Rodgers James Conner Deontay Johnson a mm-hmm. non contending roster you want Tua Jefferson Ingram side I mean that's that, to me that's playing Plain and simple, cut and dry. <laughs> but okay. I don't even try and answer it that way because uh, we don't have that information. So I assume we're always just looking at a straight vacuum. But yeah, right. if, you're, if you've if you're a contender, I, I don't want Tua and Jefferson right now. I want Aaron Rodgers and I want the old the old side of this trade as a contender. As a non-contender, the young side is is a smash. Yeah, I'm in a league with a guy that's on his third league of or third season now of just kind of trading for picks only like from 2019 to 2020 and now he's looking for the 2021s and I'm, and you eventually you, eventually you have to try to you, play yeah you watch some of the pieces that go away while he's accumulating these picks and 
I get that he's having fun, you know, even to your point earlier, John, like I fully believe in like trading an activity in your league because part of like what I look into it with my league fees and everything, this is part of my entertainment as well. So I want to enjoy the leagues. Um, it's awesome. He's enjoying it, but it does get to this point where you're kind of like, man, like you've traded so much away to keep your team young that are you just is it just about the draft for you or do you actually want to try to build a contender someday because this isn't it and and again it is about having fun and your enjoyment your league fees um he sets a lineup i I don't think he tanks or anything like that you know what i mean (laughs) he's an active owner he he truly is but at a certain point you're just like well that's all you ever want is picks and then you you know you kind of get to this point where you're like oh this team's starting to look nice and then you trade like some of those players away for more picks and <laughs> I, I just don't eventually under- you got to go for it yeah, yeah eventually like, but maybe not maybe this is what he likes and exactly, he figures you know, for whatever whatever he pays for the entry fee all he's looking to do is is play this trading game and that's the entertainment that sure, he gets out of it like which. Hey, think about some of the stuff you spend money on for entertainment. Like uh, sure. how many, I, yep. how many terrible movies have you paid 15 bucks to go see or whatever, you know, yeah, like sure. you've, you've sat there for, and you got an hour and a half of bad entertainment. Um, <laughs> At a certain point, I want to beat you though, because I'm so <laughs> me sick too, of the me crappy too. entertainment. I, that's that's you know? what, that's what <laughs> I enjoy out of it. But other people might just, you know, maybe they, Hey, I like being able to make trades. Uh, I guess you know, I want to believe, and- I want to believe in contention cycle <laughs> and not just like, you know, and, and I want to try to always be there or build towards it. Like I want to have, I, I don't know. I want to have the best of both worlds a little bit. And I think it's good to see when you need to kind of fold and get those picks, but I don't know. Same. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy rebuilding at all. Like I, yeah. I try to avoid it. I've done it in a couple of leagues and it's, it's not as much fun as trying to win. Like to me, winning is fun. So yeah. I, to me that, that seems obvious. Like why wouldn't you always play to win? <laughs> it's I, to me, yeah. that's, that's obvious, but, uh, yeah, or, some people some people play for different reasons. I've come to find, and what you do is you identify that person, and then you offer them what they want, and you get <laughs> what you, you want. It's, yeah. it's, nope, make note. This guy, as soon as the MFL rolls over and a new set of picks comes out, send them him for whoever he drafted last year, and you can get those guys immediately at a discounted cost, and he can just keep moving that cycle down later. It's probably why it burns at my hole because in this league I, I have no picks, so I can never get involved <laughs> in like. There's the truth of it right there. <laughs> All right, moving on. Another twelve team. This one is a full IDP and um, and crazily the twenty twenty. It doesn't really matter. Don't okay, good. I was gonna say I won't know any of the. No, I won't even know their names, but okay. It's cool because he didn't give him any, so it doesn't really matter. Good. <laughs> but the 2020 rookie draft hasn't happened yet, which is okay. also interesting to me. I would love to still have a rookie draft left now. Oh, I um, like I like that. Some leagues do keep them until late in the year. Late, I, I, yeah. I need to get one or two of my changed over that way to That's space them out smart. for a little bit of fun. So we get Calvin Ridley, Nick Chubb, Evan Ingram, and 110 on this side for Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, and what is listed as a few ancillary IDP pieces. <laughs> okay. So I'm so, going to say the IDP is for depth, and it doesn't matter, clearly, because didn't even waste time writing the names down for me. All um, right. So Devontae Adams this, and Mixon. Yeah. yeah, Devontae Adams and Mixon. This is, I mean, for me, this is really easy one side, and it's the Ridley Chubb, Evan Ingram, 110 side. Yeah. 
It's this isn't even I, I don't know how much an ancillary IDP piece is worth based on the word ancillary. I'm thinking it's not a lot. Right. And uh, I mean, it would not be enough. I, I don't know who the best IDP player is. I don't know how their scoring system works. But man, it's got to be somebody good that would be better than ancillary for this trade to be right. close to me. I mean, and this is some players they'll drop if I don't take them. <laughs> yeah. Right. This player is, this is definitely Ridley Chubb Ingram 110 for me. I mean, this is huge on that side for me. Yeah. Especially, I don't think, I don't flex. think Ridley is, yeah, I don't think Ridley is terribly far from Adams. Uh, Ooh, okay. I, I, I like them both, but I'm just thinking like total production for the rest of what I expect from them. Fair. I, you know, I, I don't think they're, all that different. Yes, Adams is better. <laughs> Adams is worth more. It's not like an enormous amount. It's not like you're dropping down like eight tiers from Devonte Adams. Sure. I, mean, I like Calvin Ridley a lot. I'm not without looking at my tiers. I'm guessing he's within like two tiers, uh, rankings wise. If if I had rankings, he's probably within uh, roughly what ten to twelve wide receivers. Um, I think Ridley is a wide receiver too, and Devontae Adams is a wide receiver one that could be the wide receiver one. I think Ridley will have some wide receiver one weeks though. So I don't think they're, I don't think they're as far apart as like what it might seem Adams to Ridley. Yes, they are far apart, but not, not astronomical. Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon to me, they're about even, but I don't like Joe Mixon. I am not, I am not a Mixon believer. I've, Sorry, I just never have liked him. Not a Bengals fan. I'm a former Bengals fan, so I definitely have bias there. I, I, see, I, I see a sticker <laughs> behind you that says yeah. otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of the fathead. I don't want to peel it down and peel it with it. <laughs> so, yes, there is definitely still Bengals uh, paraphernalia in my house. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Chubb and Mixon are terribly different. I do want Mixon over Chubb. But, again, it's not, uh, it's not like an, an enormous amount. I think okay. they're really close. Uh, value-wise, projection-wise, basically everything. I think they're really close for me. Then we have Evan Ingram, who I still like quite a bit at tight end, and the 110. Like, <laughs> Hell of the a one, couple throw-ins there. The, yeah, the, one, <laughs> the 110 at this point, if it's super flex, is going to get you a nice receiver, maybe like a Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you get Jefferson maybe, there, C.D. Lamb. I mean, yeah, Maybe it's one of those crazy leagues where, you know, uh, Burrow and Tua go early, yeah. but people don't like Herbert Justin slides. Herbert. Yeah, and maybe Herbert's there at the one ten. You have a shot at the quarterback. Maybe like, Swift or Acres. I, mean, I mean, honestly, yeah. somebody nice is going to fall there. Somebody good is yep. Yeah, you're going to get. I mean, there's basically pretty decent consensus that there's five running backs, two quarterbacks, and then two wide receivers that are above. Even though Ju- uh, Jefferson seems to be making headway on Judy. So maybe there's three, but do that math five and three and two. Like you're getting yeah. a good player at 110. You're getting somebody that you expect to be a starter for your dynasty for years to come. Like I, this isn't even close for me. It's the Ridley Chubb, Evan Ingram, 110 side. Yeah. Anybody have an argument for the other side? Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, if it's a smaller starting roster, I, I think, Adams over Ridley is easier, and Mixon and Chubb is close. I, I'm not a huge fan of Ingram, but yeah, it still feels like at at best it's a 110 for free, which shouldn't be free. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good description there. The 110 feels like it's probably free here, or what? Or, more Evan, than or whatever Evan. a few ID yeah. pieces is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. All right, uh, I got one more here. Um, let's see, and I actually have 
a poll on this one. Those last two were just DMs information to me. So this one actually has some. It's a 12-team super flex. It says they're contender with young quarterbacks with Tua, Burrow, and Baker. This is one, a contending team with those quarterbacks. That's that's what it says. I'm just okay. reading it how it says. Okay. <laughs> we get Nuke, Minshew, and Preston Williams on one side, or Tyreek and Stafford on the other. Okay, hold on. Um, Nuke, Minshew, Preston Williams, and then what was the other one? Tyreek and Stafford. Hmm. Okay, which which side is the contending? No idea. Okay, people, you got to If you're gonna get like so, telling us that there's a contender with two O Burrow and Baker, we that, plus either Minshew and Stafford. I just don't know which side to include yeah. those on. <laughs> <laughs> That's ah, that makes a difference to me because that would be. Oh well, it doesn't really matter. I guess we'll just ignore it. Um, but it it does. But it, but it does. <laughs> but it does. I mean, because I'm having I, I'm having trouble separating. Because I mean, you got old and young faith. going both ways, and uh, the I only one that is Tua. That, yeah, I have zero faith that Minshew is the Jag starter in 2021. Oh, I, I have love when somebody else says that. I have more confidence that Stafford is a starter in 2021. Um, not a hundred percent confidence, but uh, way sure. more than way more than Minshew. So like that makes a difference here. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter with the quarterbacks that you have. If if you have Tua Burrow Baker, like those three quarterbacks are enough to make it so that Minshew and Stafford are somewhat irrelevant to your roster. So in that case, I'm taking Nuke and Preston Williams. Uh, I like Preston Williams a lot. I still am not a huge fan of Tyreek. I think he's always got a risk to him mm-hmm. from off the field stuff. I still love Nuke. <laughs> like uh, he's he's my favorite wide receiver. Um, big nice. little this production puts him a little bit over how much I love Juju, but Juju I love for you know obvious other reasons just because he's fun as hell. Uh, so I will take the Nuke and Preston Williams side because I like Preston Williams enough to think I'm getting to start Nuke and Preston Williams along with two of the quarterbacks to a Burrow Baker. And uh, I'll take Nuke and Preston over Tyreek, basically. I'm just canceling out Minshew and Stafford, saying that they're okay. not really going to have a huge impact since I don't know which ones. I don't think they have a huge impact on the roster with these three quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's where you're going to, Swex? Yeah. I'm, I'm the, di- the difference no. to get – I think I think Tyreek and Nuke are – I value Nuke over Tyreek on his own. Like, <laughs> straight up, I would take Nuke one-to-one over Tyreek. I know that's not how a lot of people would see it. But even for those that would want Tyreek over Nuke, the difference is not Preston Williams. Preston Williams is better than that difference, right? Oh yeah, I, like I, that, that's how I try to work out trades. That's the that's the thought process. I go even with I Preston Williams out. like being valued the way he is, I still think he's undervalued. And and the people that have him, he's completely hard to pry from. So I do get that that's it's hard true. to play the undervalued card here, but. But no, he is. It's for... hard to pry because people aren't offering enough yeah. for him. They need to offer more. Yep. I, I, yeah, I really like Preston Williams. So it's hard to do on an undrafted coming off an ACL, but I hear you. Um, 63% took Tyreek and Stafford's side. So that's one of the reasons why I brought this one to the table, too. Um, I thought we might, I thought Swags would be on the other side, even though Stafford's on here just because of Nuke and Minshew. But uh, you, you feel better about having Minshew because you have those other three quarterbacks, you know, waiting that you you believe to be starters all next year. Or, I mean, is that 
I know you took the quarterbacks out of it, but I'm going to bring them back in for a minute for our last little Superflex pod site here, though. I, so, I mean, I have I have faith that Baker and Burrow are both solid locked-in starters for 2020. Okay. I don't think Stafford or Minshew give that much of a greater upside compared to Burrow and Baker uh, mm-hmm. to make them really have a huge factor in it. And that's why I actually like that they did provide the roster information mm-hmm. because that a lot of people don't factor that in when they're offering a trade to somebody. Uh, that's it's something yeah, that makes Stafford me laugh a lot of times. One, then, then it's much harder to make that trade that, you know, going the other way or something like that. But the fact that you got three guys sitting and you're adding a fourth that you could do matchups with makes it easier to take the wide receivers you like more. Yep, I agree there. Got it. If Stafford plays like he started to play last year, he's going to be hard to take out of your starting lineup. No, yeah, I agree. Which is, and which is yeah. fine. <laughs> For sure. I'm just saying if Stafford is your quarterback one and you don't know the other quarterbacks going in, then yeah, you're probably not, probably not moving him in this deal. You're probably No, I'm just going to sit and I'll, I'll figure it out. All right. That's a Monday lunch date. I, uh, I hate to run, John, but it is about that time for me. So please uh, tell everybody all the places they can find you to find you coming up, where to help out. Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter, at John Bosch FF. Uh, you'll see anything I do, I tweet out on there. I retweet. You know, The shows are Dynasty Wall Street, Dynasty Game Night. Those are uh, the, the shows that I'm on regularly. Even though none of the shows appear regularly, we've been a little slow on <laughs> we've been a little slow on Wall Street this off season. We we need to be better about that. But I Kevin's think we're getting fault. to the point where <laughs> no, it's definitely my fault. <laughs> I, uh, June, June really throws a wrench into uh, into everything else that I do, and then it followed this year with the S, with SFB too. So I'm recovering now. I'm getting I'm getting back on track, and I'm ready to move on. To let's let's get back into it. So hopefully we'll be coming nice. out with some stuff. Can't soon. wait. Awesome. Check him out. Maybe go check Thanks out the me, FF Battle Royale. Make sure, see if you can't steal one of those last couple of spots in there. Make yes. sure you hit, it, hit us up at Superflex Pod. He is at Swagzilla Zero G. I'm at FL2 Drink Minimum. Hit it. Thanks a ton, John. Thank you, guys. That was fun. For sure. Shout out at Rogers underscore Buck at JMGGR0810. Jesus. And add Dynasty <laughs> underscore dad FF for the trades. We out. <laughs>